0: Section eighteen of Insurgent Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ginger Cucolo. Insurgent Mexico by John Reed. Eighteen Villa and Carranza. Part Two. Francisco Villa. Chapter six it seems incredible to those who don't know him that this remarkable figure who has risen from obscurity to the most prominent position in mexico in three years should not covet the presidency of the republic but that is in entire accordance with the simplicity of his character when asked about it he answered as always with perfect directness just in the way that you put it to him he didn't quibble over whether he could or could not be president of mexico He said, I am a fighter, not a statesman. I am not educated enough to be president. I only learned to read and write two years ago. How could I? Who never went to school, hoped to be able to talk with the foreign ambassadors and the cultivated gentlemen of the Congress? It would be bad for Mexico if an uneducated man were to be president. There is one thing that I will not do, and that is to take a position for which I am not fitted. There is only one order of my jefe, Carranza, which I would refuse to obey, if he would command me to be a president or a governor. On behalf of my paper I had to ask him this question five or six times. Finally he became exasperated. I have told you many times, he said, that there is no possibility of my becoming president of Mexico. Are the newspapers trying to make trouble between me and my jefe? This is the last time that I will answer that question." The next correspondent that asks me, I will have him spanked and sent to the border. For days afterward, he went about grumbling humorously about the Chachito Pugnos, who kept asking him whether he wanted to be president of Mexico. The idea seemed to amuse him. Whenever I went to see him after that, he used to say, at the end of our talk, Well, aren't you going to ask me today whether I want to be president? He never referred to Carranza except as my jefe, and he obeyed implicitly the slightest order from the first chief of the revolution. His loyalty to Carranza was perfectly obstinate. He seemed to think that in Carranza were embodied the entire ideals of the revolution. This, in spite of the fact that many of his advisers tried to make him see that Carranza was essentially an aristocrat and a reformer, and that the people were fighting for more than reform. Carranza's political program, as set forth in the plan of Guadalupe, carefully avoids any promise of settlement of the land question, except a vague endorsement of madero's plan of san luis potosi and it is evident that he does not intend to advocate any radical restoration of the land to the people until he becomes provisional president and then to proceed very cautiously in the meantime he seems to have left it to via's judgment as well as all other details of the conduct of the revolution in the north but via being a peon and feeling with them rather than consciously reasoning it out, that the land question is the real cause of the revolution, acted with characteristic promptness and directness. No sooner had he settled the details of government of Chihuahua State and appointed Chihuahua his provisional governor, than he issued a proclamation, giving sixty-two and one-half acres out of the confiscated lands to every male citizen of the state, and declaring these lands inalienable for any cause for a period of ten years. In the state of Durango, the same thing has happened, and as other states are free of federal garrisons, he will pursue the same policy. End of 18 Recording by Ginger Kukula.